Welcome back to The Short Game, a show where we discuss short video games. You know the drill. I'm here this week with <laughs> an all-star team. This is our end-of-the-year short game special. We're picking our game of the year this year, and I am joined by an all-star team of short game alumni. Uh, I'm, of course, your host, Reagan Kelly, and I am joined by Laura Nash. How are you doing, Laura? Good. Laura, of course, has been with us for quite a number of episodes and has uh, played most of the games we've played this year and has uh, been a great help to our podcast, and she is now an official host. I don't know if we mentioned that last time you were on. I've been verified. You have. We've added your name to the website, or will, as soon as you uh, as soon as you send us a, a snarky bio. I will do my best. And of course, I'm joined, as always, by my brother and bro host, Shane. How are you doing, Shane? I'm doing so good. I, I, I can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to uh, Short Game Con uh, in Havana, Cuba. <laughs> yes. and Finally. And of course, uh, also fancy podcaster, Nate Heininger. How are you doing, Nate? I'm doing well. Tearing myself apart, trying to decide what is the game of the year 2014. Yeah, this one was really hard. Truly, it is a Sophie's choice. Mm-hmm. We luckily put everybody and did not expose them to the 20 minutes of writing on notepads that preceded this episode. Yes. So a lot of electioneering and uh, back and forth. and Gerrymandering was involved. There were some really cruel things said between the hosts. Three games died. They're gone now. They're mm-hmm. dead. Mm-hmm. And uh, two hosts. Uh, you've never met those two, but um, <laughs> that was really a tragedy. Our entire production crew slaughtered. <laughs> but we've managed to narrow things down to a single game of the year. Um, but before we do, let's talk a little bit about how we arrived at our short game game of the year. First off, we were choosing only from games that have been covered on this show. And unfortunately, that eliminates a lot of really great stuff that came out this year, because with our schedule, we are unable to talk about every great game that's coming out. I can't tell you guys how excited I am uh, for us to pick this one game of the year. And the reason is that there there's someone out there who listens to this podcast, who has time to play only one game every year. And for that person, <laughs> we are going to tell you what game it should be. That person has a lo- has a probably a commute that's about uh, 10 hours each way. And so they listen to every episode of this show. <laughs> <laughs> they somehow and, uh, managed to happen across it accidentally. Yes, they did. They never did. pulled out a phone and tried to play during the game. No, they, play during the they missed the uh, they missed the episode on a dark room because uh, because then they would have just finished the game while they were listening to our episode. Well, they don't No, They don't. They obviously don't have an iPhone. They download these episodes to their computer and rip them to cassette tape. Yeah, I don't and think they have a phone. They, they they play they play this podcast only on their uh, Sony Walkman. Yes, from the yeah, cassette yeah. tape. Hourglass recently taught them how to listen to podcasts. So for you, dear listener, Sarah Koenig, choosing a game of the year is a kind of a silly thing to do. I don't really understand why every gaming outlet and uh, blog and journalist feels they need to pick one, Uh, nor do I really think anyone cares. I feel like pretty much every game out there gets a game of the year from some Yahoo (laughs) and our tossing our, uh, our hat into the ring doesn't really 
sway anyone one way or another. So let's do it anyway. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> so let's begin this uh, useless re- masturbatory exercise. And uh... This may not be the one game you play this year, but this is the one game that we're saying we want more games like this. This game is... It's a short game, but it's too short for us. Give us more. Unless, because we don't, the three of us don't know what the answer is, unless it's not the one I voted for, in which case. Um, <laughs> yeah, yes, I actually, agree with all of you. So our, our method here was, of the games that we picked for 2014, so uh, for our game of the year, we're looking only at games that we've covered uh, that were released in 2014. And that's a relatively small list already. It includes only 15 games for us to be drawing our list from. But each of us has chosen three of those games, ranked our three favorites, and uh, I've just tabulated the results. And so we're going to be uh, awarding one game, uh, game of the year based on our total tabulation of all the results. And we'll talk a little bit about why we chose what we chose. Um, so... How should we do this? Should I work my way up from third pick or should we work down from the top? I think we should each fill out a Scantron <laughs> and then uh, and then we'll check for hanging chads and then Reagan can tell us what the game of the year is. All right. Wait, you didn't fill out a Scantron? That's how I submitted mine. Oh, man. Reagan. I should have registered to vote. Saxes were involved. Thanks, Obama. Man, this is some sweet 2000... Uh, for her 2000 humor yeah yeah some 2000 year 2000 political humor here we got going yes in case you were wondering listener this is the 2014 game of the year (laughs) not the 2004 (laughs) game of the year (laughs) yes so let's start off with number three yes let's do so working our way up from uh from the bottom we have with a weighted value of four points uh, and two of our uh, voters weighing in, Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight was an amazing game. That game was so good. It was good. I didn't even yeah. vote for it, and I agree. Yeah, you guys chose wisely. Yeah, why didn't you no. vote for that? <laughs> That was me and Reagan, it sounds like. Yes, it was. So I, um, I, I voted for that. That was my second choice. Nate, that was also your second choice. So it got a total of four points in our system here. Uh, Shovel Knight was an amazing game. It's been in the gaming news for a while because it came out pretty early in 2014. And before that, uh, its Kickstarter had a ton of buzz. But uh, I'm glad that uh, we were able to do that on the show this year. And it's still blowing my mind. And actually, there's an interesting new announcement there. That game was recently announced as coming out for PlayStation 4 and for PlayStation Vita. Yeah, oh, I'm, nice. uh, I'm probably going to buy it on PS4. I'm really looking forward to playing it on a giant HD screen. I imagine that game will be beautiful. I bet you'll see a lot of new detail in the graphics that you just <laughs> couldn't see. Well, uh, but really, before. though, that game, they do a great job with the colors, and it will be cool to see it on a huge screen instead of my tiny... 3DS screen. It will. And Yacht Club Games has continued to uh, to work on the game and they're adding new features. I think that they're, uh, they're still working on some things that were announced as part of the Kickstarter. They have a new campaign where you can play as Shield Knight. And I promise I will play this game again from beginning to, get to end as Shield Knight if that's an option. Yeah, I want co-op where you can play a Shield oh Knight. Oh my god, that would be together. amazing! Oh, okay. If they um, add that, I will definitely beat this game. Also, I was this is say, a short game that I did that, not we will finish. Add that, yes. 
I haven't finished it. That's also why I didn't give it a vote. I almost chose it as my number one game. And the only thing that held me back is that I had a hard time picking a game that is just a... Shovel Knight is the perfect like rebirth of an old genre. You know, it took everything mm -hmm. that was great about Super NES platformers and, and platformers of that era and made a modern version of it. And so since it wasn't necessarily anything new, I had a hard time giving it, any, you know, my number one game. But I had some of the most fun I had this whole year on any of the games we picked was from Shovel Knight. You said it didn't have anything really new, but I actually feel like in a, in a big way it did. It had some things that I'd never seen in that style of a game before. It brought a completely fresh take to a genre that we've all seen a hundred times. So I thought it was absolutely a game of the year worthy game. I think you're probably going to see a lot of outlets make this their number one game of the year, and I think it deserves it. What do we got as number two? All right. So moving up, we actually have a tie for our second place spot. And I think this is a really interesting one. Ooh. So sharing our number two spot for the short game game of the year are threes and a dark room. Two iPhone titles. All right. Yeah. Two entirely different. That might be the opposite iPhone games. Yeah, actually, it's kind of an odd <laughs> split, but it's a... It's an odd pairing, but... Well, both were on my list. Um, yeah, I should say threes was Laura's first choice and Shane's second for a total of five points on our scale. And A Dark Room was Laura's second choice and Nate's first choice for another five points on our scale. I actually yeah. really, the minute I sent you my votes, regretted not voting for A Dark Room because, and I regret I'm it really still. really shocked. You we didn't. could only choose three. It's hard to do. I... I absolutely loved that game, uh, and that just tells you how much I loved the other games that I did vote for. So, uh, I think a dark room deserves a a place at the table for uh, game of the year. And uh, if I didn't love so many games this year, I would have I would have voted for it. But gosh, so many I mean, amazing I, games! I couldn't not vote for Threes as my number one choice, given the fact that I play it three to four times a week still after having it on my phone a ton. I mean, it's the commuter's dream game because you can listen to the music, you can listen to a podcast, you can play it one-handed um, in the cattle car of the Chicago L in winter when you're wearing gloves. <laughs> play it with your nose if you can't use the touchscreen. You can play it with anything. You can play it snapped to the side of your Xbox while you're watching TV now. You know, a lot of people have said it's the new Tetris for a lot of people. And I mean, I have played a lot and a lot of one-handed or you know endless runner games, and those kind of fill the commute times. Threes is one of the ones that I'm still marginally getting better at, even though I'm nowhere near the top score of my boyfriend, oh my who wow. likes to do things like wake me up on my birthday, having beat my top score by thirty thousand <laughs> oh points. Oh my god! Do you know what his score is? His um his score is seventy thousand um six hundred and twenty nine. Oh, that's good God! Um, I think my high score is like two thousand. I've given up on threes, and the reason that didn't make my list is because I hate it. I think it's yeah. He has uh, seventy thousand five hundred and ninety three, 
and I am 30,369. So uh, amongst us, then I come in the third place. I respect threes, but I loathe threes for what it's done to me. I I don't think... It's made you feel inferior, and thus you it hate has. it. It has. I'm terrible at it, and I don't think I'll ever get better. And I think I've just had to reconcile that. You know, I, I, I don't think I'm ever going to yep. get a score that I'm happy with in threes. I don't think I'm ever going to get my anywhere close to my top score again, which was uh, 24,000. Uh, I, I, I'm actually routinely getting the high, like 27K, but I'm just Damn. haven't gotten the 15,000 um, chip She's specifically yet. getting just above you every time <laughs> she plays. Specifically that, that number right there. I'll also say that that brilliant post about the development of threes made me love it even more. Um, kind of bumped it to that top spot, even though um, a dark room also on my list had that great commentary with it. Maybe I just like developers explaining their games because it makes me like them more. That's true. They are both games with really terrific development stories. And I think that is something <laughs> that really does add to my enjoyment of a game is to know the the kind of the world of, of the decision-making process inside the game, a little bit of inside baseball. But these two games would have would have stood up if they hadn't had that. That's one of the reasons I think threes did edge it out for me just a little bit is that my my enjoyment of uh, of a dark room um, did somewhat kind of rely on on my fa the, the fact that they included that really great developer's commentary which I thought was really clever and creative um, but threes is just a game that gets inside your brain and lives there forever <laughs> and it just ruins, like, it ruins your life, this game. Like, when you play threes... This doesn't sound it great. It doesn't. I, I, have you guys heard the amazing... Um, uh, it, it, it's sort of a interview, I guess, between uh, the, the hosts of Roderick on the Line, uh, Merlin Mann and John Roderick, and the developer of threes. I'll put a link in the show notes. And it was sort of an extra, so it didn't actually go into the main feed for Roderick on the line if you happen to be subscribed to that. You have to click a link from their website. This was the best 40 or so minutes of podcast content I think I have ever heard. And you don't have to know who the... Have you listened to Serial? Uh, no, actually, I haven't. So I, I give up my oh, podcaster God. card. But... You only have 12 hours I left. You have to listen to this. I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, just download it and listen to it on your phone. It's it's glorious. Yep. I want to take a minute and talk about A Dark Room some more just because that was my number one choice. <laughs> it's because our, because and... our hour and 30-minute episode on that game wasn't enough. <laughs> well, I want to say why I picked this game because I think there are games on this list that I had a lot more fun than with Dark Room. And so I, I tried to kind of break down my choices into a couple of different things. Things I had most fun, things I got the most invested in, and things that I think best represented what we're trying to accomplish on this podcast. And when I put that all together, A Dark Room, I think, is the perfect game for the short game podcast. Is it my personal number one favorite game of the year? Maybe not, but I think it is the ideal game for this podcast. It's fun, it's interesting, it's got a great story, and it's told in an incredibly interesting way. Interesting mechanics that change. It's a roguelike, which we all love, <laughs> but have a have a hard time cramming into this podcast. Uh, it just it ticks every single box when we think of games 
that we want to feature on this podcast. And that's why I ended up giving it number one overall. Like, I probably had more fun playing um, Shovel Knight. And I'm beginning to assume that the game which I picked as number three, which was Towerfall, I'm probably the only one who voted for that because that is the game that I have played the most out oh, of any game we've done game on this amazing. show. That is I'm what envious pro- of you because yeah. I need more chances to play Towerfall. I assumed, yeah. based on how enthusiastic you guys were in the podcast of it, that that was going to win number <laughs> one. I barely played it, so it didn't get in my list. I've probably played more uh, Towerfall than... You take all the other games we've done for the podcast, except for Faster Than Light, and add them all together. I've probably played Towerfall more than that. And so I wanted to pick that one, but that's just like a fun fighting game. Like a dark room is everything we think about when we pick games for this podcast. That's a damn good point. I 100% agree with you, though. Uh, I think a dark room is the epitome of what we're looking for when we get out there for this game. Now, if that game had a little bit more uh if it weren't the product of just two people which i think is part of its charm and is part of what makes it amazing but if that game had a huge budget behind it and i will kickstart that if they'll let me do it but what uh, would you that change? would have been my game of the year what would you change yeah. what would the big budget do i can't think of anything what the big budget do yeah, yeah. I, for me it was the that's not the, the well crafted tiny artifact like it's such a small nugget and it takes so little time to get through and yet it sticks with you. I mean, you guys played it fairly recently. I played it a long time ago um, and it brought it up. Um, but I think for me, I, I can't see how a big budget would improve it. Yeah, I don't either. You're wrong, Shane. What's your problem? You're not adding sound and you're not adding graphics. So I perhaps I've uh, I've. Uh... So what I really am I'm saying is that I thought that game embodied everything that we love about games, but it left me wanting so much more. And that's that's good for a short game, but damn, you know, like those guys, I will I will kickstart their next game if they'll let me. Um, but it wasn't the the be all end all of short yeah. game to me. And that's fair. I can see what you're saying with that. I really loved Dark Room. The only reason that I didn't end up voting for it, and this is actually pretty arbitrary, was that I kind of felt like as a game that came out on iOS in January of 2014 and came out for real on the, well, for originally on the web in 2013, I felt like it would be odd to put it at the top of my 2014 game of the year list. But I'm with you both. I think that that game was probably the game that I was most interested in and I thought most fit with what we were looking for this year. Yeah, and I try to... Part of me hopes that I'm not just biased because that is one of the most recent games we played. But when I look over this list of the games we played from 2014, specifically, I think I already know what your guys' number one is, and it's a great game as well. But this is just... I actually thought that the fact that you could... I beat it in both modes, normal mode and no hut run, in about five and a half, six hours. Like, that's the perfect yeah. amount of gameplay. Not to mention the the prequel, which it really is almost just another mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... 
Let's go ahead and unveil our final choice, the game that got the most votes and the most points. Uh, uh, is it too late to change my vote to a dark room? Because <laughs> I feel like if I change, I could probably knock it up to spot. Yeah, I one. think you probably could, but I'm sorry. I think it's too late. <sighs> All, All right. right. Stand by my decision. Yeah. Stick by our goats. Stick by our goats? I did say goats, but I didn't mean it. I meant votes. Is that... A- I don't think that's a that's not a thing people nope. say. We're gonna Stick vote by our by goats. That well worn <laughs> phrase that podcasters yeah. use across the nation. It's goats, like G O T. Oh no, it doesn't quite fit. Anyway, game of the years. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna pick stick by our goaties. Yeah, let's cut this part. But <laughs> nope, uh, no, nope. Yeah, I'm gonna make this uncuttable. I'm gonna reference it constantly. Oh, throughout God. The All right. So, um, <laughs> unveiling our final choice uh, with six total points and uh, two first place votes. Goats. Transistor. I knew it. <laughs> just have a, a, a split second of a break for a for a round of applause for transistor for shorty goatee <laughs> huzzah well done yeah, super start. giant games you're yeah. the short game well goat of the done year. you're the number one game from reagan and shane oh, God, I know. <laughs> you're twins of course you vote for the same well thing. so did we both no. vote? How did that break down? I mean, we're not, I'm not going to electioneer this whole no, thing. No, Shane and I both picked this as our number one game for our game of the year. And because of our because of the way our votes got weighted, basically, uh, basically we got to ignore your vote, Nate. Aww. That's fair. At least Laura's was equally ignored. I know. Let's not... Um, Taint the uh, the first place victory here though by already shaming it. Uh, Transistor's a great game, so tell me it's an amazing game. Um, so here's why I think I picked this game as my number one game for 2014. If I imagine myself uh, five years from now, looking back at a list of the games that I've played over the last year, a list of the games I played in 2014. This game stands out as the game I think I would say that's the game that defined 2014 for me. And I think it's uh, I think it's the game that's going to uh, I think A Dark Room is an amazing game and I hope we see more and more like it. But I think Transistor is a real complete total package. It's beautiful art. It's wonderful sound and, and music. Uh, the really interesting um, design of its combat. It has absolutely, I think, the best combat I've seen in a action RPG and just everything about it that added up to a real total package that was a complete polished game. I think this is a game that people are still going to be going back to and playing years to come. I enjoyed Bastion, Supergiant Games' first game, but I didn't think it was a truly great game and I actually don't think I ever even really finished it. Um, I, I thought it was a little uneven in terms of difficulty in some places and uh, i I didn't think that it had enough in the combat to make it really fun for me. This game did everything I liked that Bastion did and added on to it in a big way. And it just it just 100% worked for me. I really want to play this game again, and I don't play games twice very often. Yeah, I I loved this game too. I think I played it really quickly. And I don't know if I actually took the time to fully... I don't know, take it all in as much as I probably should have. And maybe that's part of what has kind of that 
didn't it didn't end up on my top three. But I could say this was probably four for me. But had I maybe slowed down and really absorbed it a little bit more, it'd probably be up there too. Because I agree with you over, and this might be what Shane was kind of talking about with a dark room. Not that a dark room specifically needed more better graphics or anything like that, but this does come off as a more total package. See, that's kind of how it it is. To, that you're exactly right. That's what I'm going for. Is that a dark room gives me gameplay wise exactly what I think I'm looking for in a short game. So that's that's the reason it should be on our list. But Transistor gives me exactly that, and it gives me in gives it to me in such a beautiful and polished package uh, that. I think anybody will sit down and love it. And I don't think that's true of A Dark Room. This game is amazing, and any everyone should play I it. I can't believe this game was a $15 or $20 downloadable title. Um, I think this is a game that people are going to be buying and downloading on their PS4s and on Steam and so on for many years to come. Um, I think it's also a game you're probably going to see on a lot of uh, game of the year lists for groups that aren't so particularly laser focused on short games. So hopefully it'll get the uh, the recognition it deserves from people with larger followings than we. <laughs> I imagine so. I've been I see this game referenced all the time. I think it's been very very popular. Uh, I hope it gets the credit it deserves, like you're saying. But I I I, I agree. I don't think this game is be forgotten. Laura, Laura, did you play this game? I did not, and that's why okay. I'm being suspicious. Yeah, I was, I was wondering. <laughs> I was wondering. That's why our votes were so split this time. And I should actually say that when you ta- if you tally our votes, not based on how we ranked the individual games, but just on how many votes each game got, we actually have a five-way split. Transistor got two votes. Threes got two votes. Shovel Knight got two votes. Crypt of the Necrodancer also got two votes, and yeah. A Dark Room got two votes. Um, the only reason Crypt of the Necrodancer didn't get uh, didn't get mentioned in our rankings there was because it was ranked third by both uh, Shane and Laura. Crypt of the Necrodancer, by the way, is an amazing game, and I think if I'd have been able to pick four, it probably would have been number four. It placed for its evangelical nature. It's one I can grab people who don't like games and make them play it with me, and they love it. Which is such an important quality in games. I'm really figuring that out because if you have a game that... Accessibility. Exactly. It's important. If you have a game that depends on playing with multiple people, or if you have a game that uh, that is fun to watch other people play, it has to be accessible. It has to be something that somebody can sit down in front of and immediately grasp and immediately start having fun without a long tutorial or or having to be taught a whole bunch of rules. Reagan, right now, can you drop into the podcast one of the songs from Crypt of the Backward Dancer? Oh, yes. We did our episode on the Crypt of the Necrodancer. I completely, I completely forgot to mention how amazing the singing <laughs> shopkeeper is. It's the best part.
think that's the surprise of the year. Is the oh my god, it was the best. Okay, stop imitating it because I will be playing it in this show. It was amazing. The music in this game is super good. And then if you hate the music in this game, you can replace the music with your own, which I never had to do. I thought, oh, what a cool idea. Never did it once because the music that it comes with is so great. So I actually still have not physically played this game myself, but to kind of attest to what you guys were just saying, Molly's been playing this a lot recently. Mm -hmm. And I just sit and watch her play it. And then I go and I listen to the soundtrack all day. I've been at work lately if I've had to like sit down and do like desk stuff, sending emails and whatnot. It's all Crypto Necrodancer all the time. It's great driving music. It's just great. So the music alone is worth playing the game, let alone the actual gameplay. Yeah, if we were to rank our game of the years based solely on their music, I think this would be number one. I think Shovel Knight would probably be number two. Yeah, Shovel Knight. And I great. might put um, Transistor as a distant third. It had good music, but Damn, is the music good in Crypt of the Necrodancer. Damn, is it good. I gotta say, one of the only reasons that I didn't rank this game higher is that it is a short game if you're playing the uh, two parts of the game that can be completed by a human being. (laughs) Uh, I think it has four parts. It does have four uh, sort of stages. I'll never know because it's impossible. (laughs) No, it's not. I've seen people do it, but um, robots. Yeah. I've seen robots yeah. do it. Just like on the internet, nobody knows if you're a dog. On Twitch, nobody knows if you're a robot. Wait, nobody knows if I'm a dog or not. Are you a dog? I don't. I don't. I don't think I'm a dog. Game of the year. So we couldn't let this go just talking about the games that we covered on the show or just keeping it to one single game of the year pick for the show. Um, So I wanted to open it up if anybody had any particular games that they wanted to highlight, maybe that we hadn't covered or that didn't make our top list here for some reason uh, that you still thought really deserved uh, recognition as an important game of 2014. You know, what's your personal game of the year? uh, These games aside, short or long. I'll go first if that's cool. We actually played this game, and it technically came out in 2014, but you included it on your list for 2013. And so it kind of depends on what you consider the release of the game. FTL Advanced Edition. Ah. So that was the free expansion to Faster Than Light that came out in March of 2014. That's a very good cheat position there nate <laughs> the the extra well, no. content that came out for this game is my game of the year <laughs> it totally expanded on the entire game made it better made it more fun and it was free and that was great and how many indie game developers do that where they spend all the time to redo their entire like flagship game and give it to you for yeah. free on a game that was already yeah, a cheap. game that was already cheap and was already hugely successful. He did not need to do that. Yeah. He could have sold that additional content for another ten dollars or even five, and probably made a million bucks right there. In-app purchases are the way to go these days. That's how people monetize. I have no idea why he didn't do that. Uh, respect for your customer for the for the gamer. He just knew he could make a better version of that game. God, that yeah. is that is amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah, and mm-hmm. so game of the year because that's awesome, and it's also the game I've spent the most time like ever playing. I'm gonna play it right now. FTL is probably <laughs> the mascot game of the short game. If we had I'm if we had to pick right a now. game of the year for ever, yeah, every year, <laughs> yes, always game of the short game. But it's so not short. I'm playing it right now. <laughs> it's not a short Come game. On. It's it's a game that we have done an episode on, and you can make an argument for it. Come being on, Mantis short, B. It's kind of not, but it's so good. Don't fail me now, Red Tail. <laughs> You're my go-to. Laura, have you played FTL? I have. I really enjoy it. Um, I was actually going to talk about a short game that I don't think any of you guys have played because it's a board game port. Oh. Lords of Waterdeep. No, I haven't. I've heard about Dungeons and Dragons theme. It is, yes. It is, well, it is from the Wizards of the Coast folks. Um, it's a board game port. Um, the reason it's getting a special shout out is because I've played it on pretty much every airplane ride in the last, since it came out um, with Justin. We passed it back and forth in the waiting room because it has, um, it's about, a lot about secret identities, secret. Um, tasks and then you see it to the hand of the device the other person they play out their evil deeds and you usually end up yelling at them um it's a great little secret um passing game where you're playing cards to have influence um and i know it's that's another cheat because the game's been out since i think 2012 but the ios port is so handy and it takes a 60 dollar game and makes it cheap easy to play i always have it on trips i don't know it's a game I never thought I'd be playing. I tried to do the tutorial for Agricola. Didn't finish the tutorial. <laughs> Lords of Waterdeep, I opened up, was playing within 15 minutes. That's amazing. It's wonderful. I am definitely going to buy that. I know that probably the one game I played most on my iPad is Small World, which is another board game port. And that's just because it's one mm-hmm. of the few games that I can pass back and forth with Jamie. So when we're bored and waiting someplace, we can both play it. It takes zero setup. I have the board game. Rarely play it because there's a lot of setup and teardown involved. So I absolutely mm-hmm. get what you're talking about. That's that's really compelling. I mean, I played a ton of older games this year. Um, but when I was looking back at what actually was released in 2014, Lords of Waterdeep is one of the best ports I've awesome. seen. I am on it. Yeah, that sounds sweet. Shane, what about you? Do you have a do you have a personal pick? Uh, it's pretty hard to choose uh, because we've already spoken about all the vo- the games I voted for so far. But I'm gonna I'm gonna have to throw a mention to Nidhog. Oh yes, I think maybe did did Nate did we play Nidhog while while we were in town together? Yes, I played one time, and I have been meaning to purchase it. Um, many, many times. It looked like a ton of fun. I just can't stop playing Towerfall. And when I uh, got, I just recently got the uh, Nintendo Wii U and Super Mario Brothers Wii U, which has kind of now taken over my multiplayer video game time. So I haven't really had a gap in great multiplayer games to really squeeze Nidhogg in there. Part of why I mentioned Nidhogg is that it's, it's, it's a fighting game like Towerfall, but even more so than Towerfall, it's incredibly accessible. I think anyone can pick up a controller and be uh, fairly decent. Yeah. You can at least feel effective in that game quickly. And with the quick turnarounds in that game, you'll have those moments where you feel like you're steamrolling your opponent. And that's what multiplayer fighting games are all about, mm-hmm. isn't it? Another big plus for that is that I have always felt that Towerfall doesn't work nearly as well 
two-player as it does four-player. Four-player Towerfall is a definitive experience for me, but two-player Towerfall yeah. is good but not great. I, I don't know. That's the vast majority of my time playing Towerfall has been two-player. And the nice thing about two-player is that you actually have an opportunity to get good at the game. Whereas with four player, it's kind of a it's mayhem until there are two left, mm. and then it's then it's actual kind of fighting. Like the game has some real finesse to it. That when it's four player, it's it's nonstop. You're probably going to die from getting shot in the back. Two player, you have the opportunity to really get into the mechanics of the game and have some really really interesting fights. So, I actually like the game almost more two player. It just takes a while. You have to find someone that you can play with. You a have lot. a point. An- another thing though that I think it works in Nidhogg's favor is that it does have online multiplayer. Yeah. And Shane and I have played a bit of that and it's a ton of fun. So, if you love Towerfall and you want a different take on the couch fighting game from an indie perspective with a you know retro graphics style and, and a really unique take on fighting games that's really accessible and easy to pick up definitely check out Nidhogg I've had a ton of fun with it and honestly I think I've played it more than Towerfall even though I think I like Towerfall better just because I've had more opportunities to play two-player games than I have four-player games and so for those I tend to go towards Nidhogg what's your uh, game Reagan ah funny you should ask um so i don't think you'll probably be surprised that it's freedom planet and this is one of those games that i'm like embarrassed (laughs) to say but i don't think oh wait that's the my little pony spin oh my god screw you yeah and the horse you rode in on because freedom planet Yeah, you want to screw the horse you rode in on I am taking so much shit for this game, but this is the tightest platformer. It's amazing. I mean, you mean you didn't want to pick the the game with the with the where you have a stable of maids? Uh, That's not the one you wanted to God. choose. I am never gonna, I'm never gonna live that conversation down. But Freedom Planet. So Laura is looking at me very confused. So I assume she hasn't played Freedom Planet or yeah, heard this our is before, episode about before it. her time. Luckily, or she would have never joined the show. I haven't listened to it or played it, so I'm missing all these in jokes. Yes. So Freedom Planet. For if you haven't checked out that episode, and why would you? Because it's a game that hasn't gotten a lot of name recognition, and I kind of forced it on these two poor saps. I had a ton of fun okay, playing. I'm glad to hear it's that. Just, it's just yes, it was a, Sonic, good game. a great game. Sonic is. Sonic is deep, deep in my heart and f- forever will be. And this was the only game I've ever played that I felt like I was playing an old Sonic game that wasn't just an old Sonic game. It was a game with some terrific, terrific gameplay yeah. where you were flying through the levels, picking up the, the little power-ups, and the speed was better than Sonic. I think this game was Sonic leveled up in an incredible way. If only the developer of this game hadn't fallen so in love with the story yeah. and his character designs and poured so much oh. story into this game. It, it's not even, no, it's not even too much story. It's like unnecessary because there are a lot of great games that are long story that are fine. It's like focus on such, there is a scene where we watch these characters Watch, like, decide what they want to watch. They they decide what they want to do. 
They decide they want to watch TV. They pick out what they want to watch on TV. They watch it. Then they all go to bed, and then they get interrupted by the yeah. alien. <laughs> oh, my God. So game of the year. Game of the year. <laughs> game of the year. Winner. Top flight. Amazing. All, uh, all characterized as, like, children. You can play this game without <laughs> any of the cutscenes. It has a mode where you can play through all of the levels and none of the story, and I think that's fine. But you shouldn't. That's the way to play if it. The, if the... Cartoon animal, anime inspired, uh, it really in love with itself, furries storyline doesn't work for you. You can play this game without it. I mean, the, the story is no more ludicrous than the story of a Sonic the Hedgehog game. The only problem is that they talk, but you can turn that off. So <laughs> you probably should, yeah. but you shouldn't Wonderfully miss this voice game. Acted. It is. I wish I'd known that before we played it for the uh, show. I kind of wish I had to, but very few games have gotten inside my head the way this game did. Uh, this game made me neglect my life for 48 hours, and I beat this game after probably playing 20 hours of this game in a 40-hour period. I mean, it was... It wrecked me. It destroyed my life. And I'm really glad it was a short game, or I probably would have lost my job during that time. It was an amazing game. I... Had a lot of fun playing it, for sure. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's so good, though. I don't regret playing it. I actually enjoy how much... I enjoy these conversations about it, I think, more so than I enjoy playing the game, though. Because <laughs> you immediately get so defensive about this game that it makes it sound way worse than it actually is. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty yeah, bad, the, these You should these see cut the scenes. picture in my head I have of this game, which is just in my little pony, like Sonic driving through something with a lot of cutscene narration, and then she, the pony goes and watches TV. Uh, I mean, that's that's basically it. Yeah, that's, that's basically it. That's basically but it. But it's so yeah, good, though. It. It's so Actually, fun it's to It's a play. ton of fun. If you are a Sonic fan, go play this game. It kind of came out of, the, out of nowhere. It... Uh, I had not heard about this game at all until I saw a weird little preview video for it, not even a full review on Polygon. And uh, I checked out the game on a whim because I happened to be in between things and thought, oh, yeah, I haven't played a Sonic game in a while. That looks like a Sonic game. And it, okay, I'll stop talking about it right now. But if you haven't, you can go and listen to our episode about it. It's pretty much these same jokes all over about an hour instead of these last five minutes. There we have it. The short game has discussed our games of the year and crowned a winner, Transistor, and two great runner-ups, uh, Threes and a Dark Room, for 2014. And this was a really great year for short games. Uh, I think that it's been a great start to our podcast, and I'm really excited to go into 2015 and play all the exciting short games that are going to be coming out next year. Already we've got some on the horizon that are looking really exciting. I wanted to ask you, so on the list you broke down for us getting prepped for this, it was all games from 2014, and then you listed out 2013. Now, other than Portal, do we have any games that were made before that that we've played? Every game that we've covered on this show came out in either 2014, 2013, or 2012. I think VVVVVV came out in 2012. Except Portal, which I think came out before that, and I don't recall what year, and Cave Story, which I think came out in like 2004. I think it's interesting, and it's a, um, it's kind of a, a sign of what we're working towards here is that almost every game we're, we've discussed have been made in the last two years. Most of these games would not have been able, been able to really come out before that, except for maybe some watered-down Flash version, 
you know, um, but not released where I could play it on my PS4 or where I could play it through Steam or something like that, easily accessible. And it's exciting. I can't wait to see what comes out in 2015. It is. It's an exciting time. We've got a really great year coming up. I know we've got a couple of games in the pipe that I can't wait to talk about. And I know there's a lot of games that we've already discussed as as upcoming, things like um, things like Firewatch uh, that I cannot wait to see in 2015. That game looks amazing, and I just know it's going to be right for our show. I can't wait to play it. Um, I know that... Uh, that the developers of Gone Home have announced a game that I think is coming out in late 2015. Yeah, um, about a space station. Ah, it looks really neat. So it's going to be a really exciting year for us, and uh, I can't wait to chat about all these games with you guys. Yeah, I'm excited. Tacoma is my vote for Game of the Year 2015. <laughs> <laughs> FTL Advanced Edition 2 is my vote for Game of the Year 2015. <laughs> Freedom Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. And thank you guys so much for joining me for this episode. Uh, where can people find you, Laura? On uh, Twitter at, at Laura J. Nash. By the time people hear this episode, I think your uh, web series will already be started. Is that right? Um, we'll at least have uh, the promo campaign out. Um, depending on when it gets released, we'll either have the first episode, the pilot out, or it'll just have the teaser. Give us a quick elevator pitch. Sure. Uh, space Happens is uh, Ladies in Space. It's about um, basically what if happens if you take the normal cast of a sci-fi show and make all of them women and talk about, you know, feminism and millennials entitlement. But at the heart, it's uh, Red Dwarf with Ladies. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Nate, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at NateSTL. And you've got a band and they've got an, a record out. Oh. <laughs> Yes, thank you for that lead-in. You can uh, listen to my band's music um, at bearhive.bandcamp.com or follow us on Twitter at bearhive. They sound real good. Shane, where can people find you? Well, you can find me at my local uh, my local bar, uh, Double Trouble Caffeine and Cocktails. That is one <laughs> of the places you might find Shane. We'll just leave it at that for this time. I don't need any. I, I've got to slow this Twitter thing down. People need to stop following me. <laughs> All right. We'll leave it at that. And uh, I've been your host, of course. I'm Reagan. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Reagan K. I spell that funny. It's R-A-Y-G-A-N-K. And you can find our show on the internet at www.theshortgame.net, where you'll find links to everything that we've covered today. And we'd love to hear from you, so you can leave us feedback there on our website. Or, of course, you can write to us on Twitter. Twitter's awesome. Um, we're at underscore short game. And, of course, you can also write to us using email. If that's still a thing that you do, we're info at theshortgame.net. Thanks so much, and hopefully we'll catch you next year on another exciting episode in a new year of The Short Game. <laughs>